Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 22, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I am sharing the interview I did with Julian and RLE from Moonglow Jewelry. The company makes jewelry with different moon phases on it, so like an anniversary or a birthday or any other special date that you like, you can order it and they will put the moon or what the moon looked like on that date onto a piece of jewelry. Super cute, you should definitely check it out. In the interview, Julian and RLE share how they started the business from nothing, just in an apartment, and growing it to now they make about $7 million a year in revenue from the company, which is amazing. They share their journey and what it was like growing the business and their advice for other entrepreneurs. They talk about how they grew it so big and so quickly with the power of scaling and why you should invest in people as well as how to find the right people to hire and then taking that time that you now have to invest in your business and focus on generating more revenue. It's a super interesting episode, especially if you have a business or starting a business, even make jewelry, just being able to scale it is something that I think people need more education on and really taking your business to the next step. It's one thing to sit at home and run the business by yourself, but really taking it to the next level to make enough money to do more than your business all day, every day is something that people will take away from this episode. They give great advice about having passion and love for what you're doing when things become challenging and a struggle in a business. So with that, let's jump into it. This is Julian and Arlie. Do you want to start by introducing yourselves and what you do? Awesome. I'll go first. Uh, my name um, is Julian Pluff. I am the co-founder and the CEO of Moonglow Jewelry. Um, and that's what I do professionally. Uh, personally, I like surfing and snowboarding, and I love reading. Yeah, and I'm uh, Aurélie Dudziak. I'm the co-founder of Moonglow Jewelry and also the uh, creative director at Moonglow. And I basically oversee all creative aspects of Moonglow, uh, including the evolution of the jewelry line and also manage inventory. And in my personal life, I love pets nature and i cats. also love reading and cats don't forget cats, cats. In you love cats i love cats <laughs> <laughs> that's an important part to know <laughs> um and did you both uh want to start a business when you were younger or how did you both end up owning a company now uh so i i was entrepreneurial from a young age probably because of, of my father, who was also a business owner. So I, I definitely always liked sales and, and business in general. So from a young age, um, definitely didn't think I, we would, I would be where I am now. Uh, so I can get into to the story a little bit. Um, but how about you, Aladi? Did you uh, want to own a business when you were younger? Yeah, so for me, I don't, I don't think when I was really young, I was telling myself, hey, I'm going to own a business one day, but I knew I had this desire like within me of building something big rather than um, 
working for someone. I wanted something to be my own. And I also knew I wanted to be involved with something that would bring some kind of meaning to people or something that would really touch people, which, uh, you know, I think Moonglow does that very well. Right. And so do you want to now explain what Moonglow is and how it became to be? Yeah, so it's uh, it's basically jewelry with the uh, phase of the moon on any date of significance to you. So it could be the day you were born, the day you got married, the day your children were born. Um, and um, and uh, actually, I'll, I'll let Julian explain uh, how um, how the idea came, uh, since it was uh, through an artist uh, that he met in Canada. In Canada, another another Canadian. Uh, so, so basically, uh, I started working for, I wasn't that good in school. I didn't really like school that much. Um, so I basically dropped out of high school, started working with my dad, which the principal at that time thought it was a, a good idea to do that. Uh, since my dad had a company and I was always talking, so they were like, well, you can just go sell stuff where talking, uh, will probably get you a lot further <laughs> in life than it would in school. So I worked for him. He had a business selling different products and different venues like fairs and things like that and uh one of the products that he had was Moonglow, which was from an artist in canada and this artist he's he's uh he's one of these people his name is luke and he comes up with like all these ideas and he came up with with the Moonglow idea the picture of the moon from the date of your choice like your birth moon or whatever uh he didn't really have too much of a sales marketing experience he also only spoke french so he definitely couldn't grow it on his own. Uh, so my dad was selling this product in fairs. And I, I saw that this product was was very different than what he was normally selling, kind of like uh, gimmicky type products, where Moonglow was actually something I, I believed in and people liked. So basically, me and Aurélie took it over. We did a rebrand. We built a website. Uh, we started fulfilling the orders from, uh, basically from our houses at that time. And then we got a small office and, and then got another office and our website started working uh, decent. And then uh, we also got into the, uh, to the wholesale business because um, I, I figured it's, it's probably a lot easier to, uh, to sell in bulk than it is one by one. Uh, so we got into the wholesale business, but really the, we make most of our revenue now from our, from our website. Um, we spend uh, a lot like on Facebook and Instagram ads and generate a lot of traffic to our site. So there's been really explosive growth there uh, right now. Right. That's awesome. And just like before we get really into the business part of it, because you're both in Florida. So how did you end up there? Is that where your office is? That is where our office is. Yeah, we're, we're in Miami in Florida. So basically, uh, already had the opportunity to come to the States. Um, I also had the opportunity to come to the States from Canada because my father bought a business there. So I was able to, um, to get my uh, paperwork in order and then eventually my citizenship. And uh, we decided on Florida because uh, we figured if we're going to come to the U.S., cold, pla cold places from, you know, she's from north of France. I'm from Canada. I'm like, we're going to go somewhere warm. So that's how we ended up in Miami. That's amazing. I feel like that's every Canadian's dream is to never yeah. see it again. <laughs> yeah, it's like East Coasters always come to Florida and West Coasters go to like California. True. Yeah, I was just in LA like a couple weeks ago for this. There day. you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so was the moon, was that something that 
you already had a part of your life? Like, do you follow like the moon cycles um, with that? Or did that really develop when you uh, took over this business? Uh, so for me, it, it really developed as I took over the business. What really drew me to Moonglow was how people reacted to it. For example, the first time we sold at an event in Massachusetts, people were coming up and looking up different moons like, oh, the day I met my husband, the day my daughter was born, and then they're, they're figuring things out like, oh, wow, together we make a full moon. And people really got into it. And, and that's how I got into it, by how excited the, the customers were about this product and the idea and everything. Yeah, and uh, and for me, it, the same thing. It really developed as uh, we were selling Moonglow, and just just um, you know, being able to um, talk to all these people and hear their stories um, was just really powerful in realizing how much of an opportunity there was with Moonglow. Um, and on a personal note, I, I really love the Moon because I think it's it's a really kind of like a romantic way to uh, to represent those really meaningful moments in life and um and i really like the moon because it it's also very much it kind of it's kind of like a great reminder of of life itself like we go through a lot of different phases in life and it changes all the time but at the end of the day it's um i think it's a cycle that's meant to be perfect as well um, so that's kind of like my personal relationship with the moon. Right. I love that. I love how you like explain that. And I think it's a good like that's very unique to put into jewelry because I feel like there's a lot of different jewelry companies out there or like gifts that are given as jewelry that probably don't mean as much as like what you just explained. So I think that's that's awesome. Uh, and what are the like most popular dates or like milestones that people choose for moon phases? Okay, what, would, what do you think? Uh, yeah, so the, um, were you asking about the designs? No, no, the dates, like people, the dates that oh, people the dates. choose. Yeah, so, uh, so I think most people, I mean, a lot of people get the moon on the day that they were born, uh, which is, I think, is a pretty special day to celebrate. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, I think most people really like dates that, that, um that represent love so it will be it could be a wedding date uh it could be also you know their firstborn and i think it comes down to really like the people and the relationships that you have in your life um which are usually tied to your most precious moments in life yeah no that's awesome i feel like it's such a good gift and is it usually like necklaces or rings or what's like the most popular form of jewelry that you sell i'd say necklaces and bracelets necklaces one bracelets two yeah uh and what is the design process i think i read on the website that you sent me that they're made and designed in canada is that true yeah that, that is true for the majority of the pieces they're they're made in canada um, and then some of them, uh, we started making them in Thailand uh, because we just couldn't uh, keep up with the production in Canada as the volume increased. Right. And so how does how does it work? Does like can you walk us through the like buying and then design process? And yeah, I'll let already handle that. I'm not, I don't work in the design so much. <laughs> 
Yeah, so so I would say Mungo is a little different from uh, from all the other jewelry lines. So so we're really more about the concept than the jewelry. And I say so so we don't really as as of right now we don't really have you know a winter catalog, a summer. Uh, we do release styles on a regular basis, but I think um, we we've had our best ideas just by really uh, listening to our customers. And that, that's what really matters to us is to be able to deliver something that our customers really want. Um, so that's, uh, that's the process right now. Right. Um, and how you mentioned um, that you use social media, obviously to grow and online marketing. So do you want to just talk about how social media marketing has helped you grow the business like from the beginning until now? Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I said, when we started, when I started, uh, we were selling at events, like going events to events. And at first I thought that that was going to be the route. Like we're just going to do a lot of events and hire a bunch of people to go do these events. Um, and we still do some of the events like uh, more for promotion now, but uh, different like jewelry shows and, you know, concerts and comic cons and things like that. So we can, get get it out there in front of people um and then once i was at an event i was in chicago and we had sold we made a wholesale sale to uh to a retailer we were growing that channel and i think we sold a lot a lot of jewelry and i was thinking wow that was one phone call as opposed to flying to chicago shipping a booth working for like five days you know one phone call versus like five days of, of work you can scale that a lot more so then we got into the wholesale. We started doing the trade shows like New York Now, Las Vegas Markets, JCK in Las Vegas, all these different trade shows to get wholesale accounts. Uh, we built that up to around 350 accounts. We hired a, uh, a director of sales who's in Washington, D.C., a real rock star. So she's been growing that channel. And then uh, once I was in Greece, I was reading an article in Forbes magazine about this brand that literally went from like zero to two million, all from Facebook ads. And they talked about the agency that they use. The agency's name is uh, Mute 6. They're in Los Angeles. And I gave them a call. We started working with them. And then we literally grew the website from, I think at that time it was $400,000 in sales. Uh, this year, we're going to top six million. And it's really all come from, not all, but a large portion of it came from Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, we also do email marketing, all those things, but just a lot of traffic uh, is being generated to the website. So right now the business is about 85% online and about 15% wholesale. Okay. Uh, that's crazy with the Facebook ads. Do you want to like delve a little bit deeper into that? Um, and for people that have a business or growing a business, um, how they can utilize Facebook ads, like how you did it? Yeah, so I, I didn't do it. I tried myself many times, uh, and I wasn't that good at it. I realized it seems really easy. Like you just turn on the uh, toggle the switch and, and, and you make sales. But it's really not that easy for anyone who's done it, you know, with the ad sets and things. Uh, it definitely is learnable. Uh, but I prefer to leave it to the experts. So I'm, I'm a believer people do their jobs and these guys are experts at what they do. So I'm, I decided to go the agency route. Um, we did go through uh, a few agencies that weren't the best fit. Uh, they just weren't producing the results that we wanted. And then we, we found the agency that uh, we got along with 
we got along with. They they really saw the vision, and we started small, uh, but we definitely had to put the money down. You know, you gotta you gotta put uh, you gotta put the money in. They weren't they weren't cheap, but I think if you really want to scale, you kind of you got to invest in that channel, and you uh, you know hiring good people with talent does cost money, but they do produce the results. So oftentimes I. I see people that they don't, they're like, oh, I, you know, five, 10,000, whatever the amount is. And they, they just don't want to do it. They're scared, but they're not looking at the potential, like how much you can grow, like how much are you going to generate from this? Um, and, and you may not hit it the first time, but definitely keep going and keep trying uh, and set realistic goals and, and you'll get there. But I think the key really, it's maybe cliche, but you know, just keep going and, and you'll learn as you go. But definitely don't be afraid to to invest and invest in talented people um so that's with the agency we've also made some great hires in-house we're 15 employees we, we have a branding director and things and uh we hired some people that we really believed in and always pay them very well uh so that they do great work i think that's really a good point that you've made because i think a lot of times now especially for people that are starting businesses they're like well social media is free i can like send free product to like people on Instagram and like, that's how I'll grow my business without having to spend any money. Yeah. So I think it's, it's almost refreshing to hear you say that it is like, you do need to spend money. Facebook's a business. They need your money. If you want to grow properly and be able to scale that you have to, like you said, like you have to invest in your, your company. Yeah. And, and, and good, good people, good companies, uh, they do come at a cost. So just don't be afraid to to spend on on good things that are really going to grow your business, um, there there is big time ROI in that. And it's funny with the influencers you mentioned that because I was doing uh, I was working with some influencers at first. Uh, it was me and a virtual assistant, and then we brought on a uh, a 21 year old rock star named Vanessa, and she looked at the influencer we're working with. She's like, okay, these are almost all fake. Uh, so you're basically getting no ROI from this. So we were just kind of like throwing our money out the window, not really knowing what we were doing. Like it looked really good, but it really wasn't, you know. And uh, again, it's it's priceless to have great people on your team. Totally. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit more about the influencer marketing side? Because I know a lot of small businesses uh, and people that are listening to this um, can see the value in influencer marketing. But do you want to talk about some of, like you just said, some of the experiences that you've had and some of the things that people should note when they're looking into influencer marketing yeah yeah so right now with influencer marketing uh it's it's working well for us i think it's 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 vital you have to do that and we to be honest we've been using a uh, a platform called socialix to connect with influencers which is good uh we use also a lot of influencers for the photography as well uh to get great photography it helps a lot and you can get different photography in different scenarios um, we're, to be honest, starting next year, we're going to be working more with some macro influencers that, that cost quite a bit. Um, some of them, you know, in, in the five, uh, five figure range. So that's something new that we haven't done to be honest with you, but even the micro influencers, some of them just do it for product. They have great followings. You get great photography and you, you get great exposure. You do get some traffic to your site and you get amazing photography as well. And a lot of times it really doesn't cost an arm and a leg. And it just helps your brand on so many levels, helps you reach new audiences. So you definitely have to be doing that. Right. And uh, why, why would you switch to macro influencers? Is there a reason that you're trying to hit like the bigger audiences as opposed to just the micro ones? Yeah, we've seen, we've seen a lot of uh, 
other brands that that have worked with some bigger names like some B-listers and some A-listers that obviously are very expensive, but we've seen some explosive growth in that area. So that's something we want to try out. And again, back to what I was saying, it's it may be it may be a bust. You know, it may be like, hey, you know, we spent thirty, fifty thousand dollars here, and we really didn't get much out of it. But at, at least we're we're trying different things. We've also seen success. And I'm sure you've also seen success with a lot of brands that have worked with like the Kylie Jenner's of the world, and and that's that's how they blew up their brand, and and now they're uh, they're doing they're killing it. Right. Totally. Like, what were those? Uh, what were those bracelets called? It was like a couple years ago that the Pure Jenner's. Vita? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Pure Vita? Well, Pure Vita is one of them. Yeah, they work with some big influencers. I mean, there's, like, there's so many. Yeah, there was another one. It was like the the ground and the sky. I can't remember what they're called. They're like plastic. Lokai? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those ones. And they just like exploded because one of the Jenner sisters were wearing them. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you get lucky and, and you, uh, you know, sometimes they'll just wear your stuff. But uh most of the time they won't, so you got to pay. <laughs> right, totally. Which, I mean, everyone knows now. I think there's way more transparency into influencer marketing and getting people, like, paying people to wear this kind of stuff. I think, you know, it's fine if that's what's happening, that it's not just by luck that they put on your jewelry or clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it does happen. We've actually, we've had a couple people that just, we kind of spotted them wearing it, um, but we're we really want to have people you know put it on their their instagram make a story about it and really kind of push it out there right well especially if you're like uh the whole idea of it is a little like deeper than the bracelets that it is better if someone is talking about it like genuinely and sharing like their story behind why they chose the piece that they chose yeah yeah, exactly. And also, I just want to say, uh, while we're talking about traffic channels and things, we also started investing in, in SEO early on as well. So we've been getting uh, decent traffic from that. And, uh, and the events that we started at, uh, like different events that we were going to personally, also, it, it was a good way to, to start that wasn't that expensive and, and really were able to get like immediate feedback of our products and, and see how people reacted. And that's how it all started was... I was able to see how people reacted to the product and the brand, and they loved it. So I, I knew right away at that point, I was like, okay, this, this, can, this can be scaled, and it's something that, that I can get behind, and, and that's how it started. Have you evolved the product at all since you started and like getting feedback? Has it changed over time, or is it basically like what you started with? Uh, already, what do you think? Yeah, no, actually, it's changed a lot. Uh, when we first started selling Moonglow uh, in shows, we had, uh, I believe we had two types of necklaces. So like a small one, uh, which is still actually one of our number one uh, big sellers. It's called the Classic Necklace with Black Swarovski. Uh, it has that this really cool like vintage look to it and people really love it. Uh, so we had that, and then we had a bigger version of it, and then we were also offering um, one style of bracelets, and um, so it's really evolved, and um, now we have over, I would say, 140 products available on the website, uh, and we also carry um, a lot of different um a lot of different sizes of pendants and now we also uh, carry gold and rose gold 
um, and that uh, that's actually new from this year. Um, so yeah, we went pretty much from uh, from three styles to 140. So wow, yeah, that's crazy. And do you are you in charge of like creating new designs or coming up with it, or do you have a full team that does that? Um, no, so I I started creating creating some of the designs myself, but I mainly work with uh, with Luke, who is um, who's uh, the artist who came up with the concept. So we work together. And he also has a partner uh, who helps uh, create uh, designs, uh, which uh, he's he's more he specializes more in like what we call fantasy design. So we have like fairies and dragons and like skulls and like um, designs that people really love in the world of like like we do a lot of Comic Con shows and people really love these styles um, uh, in those shows and. Really, we want to be able to offer a wide range of like different styles uh, for everyone. So we're not really just going in one direction, but we're really trying to offer a little bit of everything for everyone. Right. No, I think like just looking through your website, I think you've done an awesome job with that. Thank you. Um, and what advice would you give people um, from either of you guys uh, who want to start a business, who have this idea or have found somebody with an idea and they want to grow it? Uh, my, my advice would be to do it, but keep your, your day job uh, so that way you, you don't run out of money. And uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it sounds pretty obvious, but a lot of people like, I think sometimes they'll, they'll maybe just don't quit the day job because then you'll still have that income so you can focus on your business until it gets large enough or creates enough revenue so that you could actually quit your day job one day. Right. Like and a little yeah, advice. That's great advice. And uh, when did you, do you do the, you do this full time? Full time. Yeah. What, what was the transition? Like, did you have like the day job and then quit? What was that like? Well, at the time, at the time, uh, I was working for my father as a sales representative. And then basically I, I took over Moonglow and then I was doing the events myself. So that's kind of, I was, we were like, uh, like a, it was me and already, we were going to the events, we were, we were selling it ourselves and then we hired somebody to sell it for us. So before we kind of just started hiring people and scaling, we, we sold enough ourselves and, and saved up enough money so that we could kind of grow the business. Um, but we, we were all in like right at the beginning, but I had also the thing is I had saved quite a bit of money before I started, uh, because I knew I wanted to start something. So it was, it was a little bit different because I had, I had reserves enough for almost two years to be able to make no money. So that was kind of my cushion there. So either keep the day job or have enough reserves so that you can go a while. Right. No, I think that's great advice for people. I feel like people jump into it sometimes and then don't realize what owning and running a business really looks like for profits yeah yeah it's like i hate my job you know and you, you can't you can't get too uh, emotional yeah exactly <laughs> yeah what i uh, what i would like to add to that uh and that's a little bit of a, a different response uh but i think it, it's a really important component and um the advice I would personally give to people who want to start a business is to make sure that they really have that passion for it, like in their heart, because 
a lot of people will start a business and they'll they'll just think it's it's really easy to um you know to start a business make money and then just sell some kind of like random product that that's really not how it works you really have to have a lot of passion and have this really strong vision for it um and that's the only way that it really works um without passion you don't you don't really do much uh and i think that's really what got us to this point where you know we we believed in it like the whole way and we really you know we have so much more that we want to accomplish but when we look back i think we we really accomplished really big things and and it all came from this this passion that we both shared so that's what i wanted to add yeah i fully agree with that i think kind of it ties into both uh, pieces of advice, but yeah. that people want to start a business because they want to make money, but not have a boss at the same right. time. Usually that never works out. You can't mm-hmm. expect to make money and you need to actually like what you're doing for it to be successful. Exactly. Cause there's so many times that you'll, you'll be faced with, with just a ton of work. Uh, as many business owners know, we spent many nights of not sleeping, fulfilling orders, and, and just keep going. There was one time uh, at the beginning, I, I just needed some, some cash. I needed to like take a loan out on my car and like did some things to keep it going because we really believed and we had passion. We really liked it. Like it never, it never really felt like work. We, we really liked it and we were just all about the, the mission and, and the goals that we were trying to hit. So yeah. but you, you got to put it all on the line. Totally. And yeah, you have to make those sacrifices of, of your time and your money and other things that go around with it to, to support it. Cause things don't happen overnight. I think lots of times we end up like seeing the final product from somebody who's already successful, who already has like a ton of followers on Instagram or something like that, but we never really see like the beginnings of it where it's a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and a little bit more personal, but how do you guys find a work-life balance? Like we just said, it obviously takes a lot of time to run a business. Um, how have you done that? Um, well, at first we were working a lot. Like it started out really just us and then we made one hire and then another hire. And, and then we had, I think at the time, maybe like seven or eight employees during the holidays. Uh, I think this was two years ago. And it really got very difficult to manage the employees and all of the business systems and, and also grow. So kind of work on the business and, and do all those things. Uh, so we hired, uh, we made a really good hire of an office manager who is just a rock star. Um, and she manages the office for us. So that gives us time to work on, on the business and, and goal setting and, and working on things that are really going to have an impact on the bottom line. So I think that as soon as you can, you know, pay somebody again uh, to run your business for you so that you can focus on on generating more revenue. Right. No, I think that's, it's good. And like, kind of not like, I don't want to say like lose control of it, but kind of delegate parts of your business so that you can focus on growing it. Yeah. I know for already, it's very difficult to let go. She always mentions it because <laughs> she used to have control of everything. Right. Well, it's kind of you know when 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 you uh, when you're in a in a business for that many years, it kind of it's kind of like your little baby, kind of you know it's kind of like raising a child. So you're like you're really attached to it, and, and it is hard to let go. Uh, but but I I feel really grateful personally that we 
we found these key people uh, who are working with us. Now we have a really amazing team in place. Um, they're, they're, they're really making things uh, really easy, really smooth. And, and to be honest, we're like a little family, you know, it's, uh, it, it's really amazing to work with all of them. Um, and uh, I think the key is to find the people that you can really trust with your business as well. And, and which was one of the most challenging part of the business to me personally. Uh, it's, you know, being able to let go and, and trust. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a normal thing amongst business owners is when they have to let somebody else. Yeah. Take yeah. It. Yeah, just like like oh, I, I often see people that, that can't like they want to keep a control, but I, I'm a believer when you find somebody that's good, like let them run with it. Like take their ideas, let them implement things for you. Um, we've done that with a few different people and they've they do a much better job than than I would, you know, and uh, and reward them well and it's it's just amazing the results that you'll get because then you you just have a great team, a great synergy and amazing things happen. Yeah, and it also helps when you have sometimes when you have like outside perspectives because you get so like caught up in your idea and your business that it is good to bring other people on to have new ideas and expand what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm so involved in the business. Like I I uh, I can't do like customer service. I mean I can, but uh, certain things it's because I'm like there's so much invested in it. It's better to get somebody who's not like. <laughs> so emotionally invested to handle certain things because I, I find that they uh, generally make better decisions. Yeah. <laughs> they won't yell at the people when they, they have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so what is next for Moonglow? Where are you guys, where are you guys taking it? So uh, last year we, we got on that Inc. 5000 list. Um, so we came in uh, 1,956 with uh, 3.7 million revenue. So I always look at it in revenue. So this year, I think we're going to hit about seven if we finish the month good. Uh, and then next year, we're looking to get in that, uh, that eight-figure club. And the way we're going to do that is really keep scaling online. I think that's, that's the main channel. We're also investing in the wholesale side of things. Uh, we built some shop and shop counters and, and doing some good things there. We're taking on some additional trade shows. So really our growth is going to come from the wholesale channel, but I think mainly online. And, and I look up to brands like Allbirds, the shoe brand that I think in like two years are doing 80 million, mostly online, quality products, amazing marketing. Uh, so there's a lot of brands are doing great things on e-commerce and uh, we, we're definitely, uh, we want to get up there. Wow. Yeah. That's a great goal. That's amazing. Um, and last question, uh, what are your favorite tools or resources, books, podcasts, uh, that you would recommend to the listeners? Uh, we, we use so many, uh, so many, uh, platforms, different softwares now, but if I was to pick one that we've been using consistently for a long time and has had an impact, I would say Asana and that's for creating tasks and, uh, everybody can, assign tasks to each other and subtasks, and that's helped push projects along much quicker as opposed to just emailing each other. Right, yeah, because you don't want, we've all been in those like email chains where you're replying all to like 20 people and it gets lost, so. Yeah. Um, and what other like podcasts do you guys listen to for business related stuff? 
uh, other podcasts. Um, I like Entrepreneur on Fire. I think that one's uh, that one's pretty cool. I also listen to a lot of real estate podcasts too. I also have a, a passion for real estate and and basically the revenue that I make from the business. I try to invest it into income producing properties. Um, so I listen to uh, quite a few real estate podcasts. Uh, let's see what I got in here. For real estate, I would say real estate investing for cash flow with Kevin Bupp is really good. Awesome. Um, and where can everyone find you online? I think right now Instagram is is the uh, is the main platform that we're using. But uh, you can find us mainly on Facebook, Instagram. It's uh, Moonglow Jewelry. So come check us out. Show us some love. Thank you so much for coming together to share your guys' story. Um, I think it's awesome, especially now that you're hitting such high revenue. I think it's inspiring for people that are getting off the ground with their businesses. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. This is amazing. Thanks. <laughs>